I, I enjoyed the fall spring this last week. That was that was good. What? You didn't enjoy that? String? Yes. We need more string, right? Sorry, no, more spring. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. I hope and pray you had a great week. You know, it is a is a great blessing to be able to gather together in a fellowship with one another to lift up prayer requests and to lift up praises. You know, we lift up praise to our only Lord and Savior who came for us. And then we get to open up the breathed out word of God. You know, all of this, all of that stuff that we've done this morning and are, and are doing is all about encouraging and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. You know, that the message would go out, that the message would be received. Have you ever wanted to be an expert? Anybody, just me and Jay, right? No, you want to know it all, right? You know, you want to know everything. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a conversation and say, you know, I really like horses. And then the person next to you, like, starts talking a mile a minute about everything, right? And you find out that they don't just like horses. They speed off, telling you everything you've wanted to know and everything you've maybe even didn't want to know about a horse. See, you, you like horses. You feed them a carrot and look at them run. You know, it's pretty cool. But that person loves horses. That's all that they're about. How to care for them, how to feed them, how to water them, how to, you know, the horse's anatomy. They know horse history because they are an expert on it. Maybe they even went to school or something or maybe just read a good book one day. <coughs> you know, we, we may want that knowledge, right? That know-how. But maybe we don't have the time to go to horse school. So we just enjoy asking the expert that has the knowledge, hey, help me out on this horse problem. But wouldn't it be easier to have the knowledge, right, to, to be established in it? You know, when it comes to the things of the world, we, we rely on experts, on their knowledge of many things, and, and that's okay. You know, IMBD exists for a reason, right? Who's that one guy in that one movie? You find out right away. I heard this on the radio that that IQ has dropped in the last 10 years rather than gone up. And they were like, social media and you know, other things. But the, the co-hosts were like, yeah, it's social media because we like look up everything. We don't, you know, it took work looking through the encyclopedia for it, at least for using something. <laughs> but we rely on doctors and nurses and scientists. We have teachers for a reason. We can't we can't know everything. Right? But when it comes to our walk with the Lord, no one else can do what is before us to do. No one else can be our own disciple. Right? We are given so much in Christ. Let us seek to personally and, and corporately be established in Him. Uh, let's uh, open our. Well, open a word of prayer before we open the scripture.
But Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we could come together and just fellowship and talk about the word this morning. Talk about the, the revelation, the foundation of our faith and that there are no other foundations. There is no other place to, to know the purpose of life, the meaning of life and, and to know you personally. That the word of God is breathed out that we would know that we are sinners and that we need a savior. And hallelujah, he has come. Father, thank you for just a time that we could pray and praise you. You are an ever-present God, a personal God that wants us to know you, to turn from our sin and, and turn to you and know you and and allow other people to know that message through even the difficult times in our lives that we can praise you and know that even in the shadow of the valley of death that your rod and staff comfort us and you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies that we can dwell with you forevermore and Father I just uh, thank you for this time that we can Open up the word to know you more, to be encouraged and equipped, to be established, as, as Paul will talk about, and to have that firmness of faith and, and to go forward in knowing Christ more and more each day and being molded into his likeness. And Father, we just pray that all the burdens, all the all the worries of our of our week and our, our coming week uh, would be cast aside and that we would just fix our hearts and our minds upon you. And thank you for this time that we can, we can be in the book of Colossians together, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I don't know which Sunday is worse, daylight savings times ending or the, the one a week later because you're still adjusting, right? Uh, please uh, open up in your Bibles with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. And we will be in verses 6 through 8. And Paul writes this. Therefore, as you received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophies and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the element spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Well, this is the, the first therefore in the book of Colossians. So we need to look back, just a summary of what Paul has expounded to the Colossian church. All the truth that he has poured out. We see grace and peace. We see thankfulness to God. We see in Christ we are filled with knowledge 
that Christ is the preeminent one, that there is no one before him. That we have a hope that equips us, and not only equips us, but propels us to aim to please the one who has come for us. And that we have a hope of glory, Christ in us. So let us be encouraged and established, right? That's, that's all of chapter one right there. Let us be encouraged and established in him because in receiving Christ, we are to walk in him. Right? I like how J. Vernon McGee says this in his commentary. What is a walk? Walking isn't sprinting. Walking isn't instantaneously getting a download and, and knowing it all. No, walking, I thought of Neo in the Matrix, right? And just clicks in and he knows Kung Fu. You know, right? Morpheus is like, show me. <laughs> it's not like that. A walk is a gradual thing. We're to walk with him. Paul had already told the Colossian church in the first chapter, verse 10, so as you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that we would aim to please the Lord in our good works that he has set before us in <clears throat> increasing in this, the knowledge of God. Paul had told the Thessalonican church this in 1 Thessalonians. He said, finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, right? They got it down. They know what they're doing. They're walking the walk. They're talking the talk. But then Paul adds this, that you do so more and more, right? You're not a pure potato. You're not a static thing. You're, you're walking, you're going forward. We are urged, right, to walk with our Lord, to be rooted and built up. If you ever read any A.W. Tozer books, uh, The Pursuit of Holiness or The Pursuit of God uh, are really good books, but The Root of Righteousness is a collection of some of his essays that he's written or had written through the years, and he speaks upon uh, being rooted, saying this, Our fathers looked well to the root of the tree and were willing to wait with patience for the fruit to appear. We demand the fruit immediately, even though the root may be weak and knobby or missing altogether. In patient Christians today, this was, this was written, I think, in 60. I'd have to go check, like 63, 68. So a couple of years ago. <laughs> in patient Christians today explain away the simple beliefs of the saints of other days and smile off their serious-minded approach to God and sacred things. They were victims of their own limited religious outlook, but great and sturdy souls who managed to achieve and satisfy spiritual experience, a spiritual experience, and do a lot of good in the world despite their handicaps. So we imitate their fruit without accepting their theology and inconveniencing ourselves too greatly by adopting their all-or-nothing attitude towards religion 
you ever need any good quotes, read Tozer. <laughs> or just a good book to read, too. If we want to grow, we must be rooted. And if we want to build, we must first build up. We can't put the cart before the horse in any training, learning, or any kind of course. We don't start off as the professor or the trainer or the expert. We start off as the learner and the student. And in the case of following Christ, we're, we're always a follower. We don't graduate from that, right? But we grow in it. Paul tells us this in Ephesians, or sorry, this is in the book of Acts. He spoke this to the Ephesian elders when he was addressing them. And I now commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. Paul had been with them years before, right? He spent three years in Ephesus growing the church and all of Asia had heard and then he went off and these men were placed there. Most likely Timothy might have done some of that placing along with other church leaders, but now he was on his way to Rome, most likely never to return, right? He's on his way to meet Caesar. So he pointed them to what they needed, that they would seek the Lord, that they would read the word. How, how good would your day be if you didn't drink water or eat food? Pretty, pretty lowly, right? Physically, spiritually, if we don't eat the bread, if we don't drink the water, how are we doing spiritually? Because this is what builds up every believer. As Jesus prayed in the garden the night he is to be betrayed, he states this, sanctify them in the truth. Well, what is that? Thankfully, the verse doesn't end right there. It says, your word is truth. If we are in Christ, our next step after justification is sanctification. It's, you know, our walk with the Lord Jesus and in this, we are to be rooted and build, built up by fixing upon the Lord and knowing his breathed out word for it alone is profitable, right? In him, we are growing in him, in the Lord. Paul says it like this in the book of Romans. For those whom... He foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Bless you. We are to be conformed into the likeness of Jesus. Thankfully, the goal isn't the person in the pew next to us or better than the sinner next door. Our goal is to be like Jesus, holy, humble, loving, truth-telling Jesus. 
right? We always say, oh, gentle and lowly. Like, yeah, he is that, but he is also the guy that flipped tables and made cords and told people, you're a whitewashed tomb. Jesus, that wasn't very nice. Like, you're not being Jesus-like. Sorry, that wasn't a sermon I listened to this morning. Or not this morning, this last week. Jesus isn't being very Jesus-like in this text right here. That's a lifelong walk, right? It's a lifelong thing of the invested life. A really good book by uh, Joel Rosenberg. And when we are done, we enter glory. The Apostle John states it like this. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will... will bleh, okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But what we know, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. It's a beautiful verse. Just as it was stated in Romans, it's it's all grace. It's all Jesus. In depth or rapture, in death or rapture. When our sanctification comes to an end, we are glorified. We are at rest in the physical presence of the Lord Jesus. Just like the thief on the cross, right? Remember me. And he says, today you will be in paradise with me. All of this, right? All of this truth, all of this amazing grace is to this end, that we would be established in the faith just as you were taught and abounding in thanksgiving. That's what Paul has stated to the Colossians, that we would be stable in our faith, right? Be firm and be ordered in it, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. And if you have any questions, we're, we just started a great doctrine study with Wayne Grudem on the essential 20s of the faith. It's a great start or it's even a great refresher too to know what we believe and why we believe it that we would hold to the good confession of who Christ is and that we would stand in our faith and be thankful there's so much hope that thankfulness pours out that we would rejoice always because our savior has overcome sin and death Paul states it like this in 1 Thessalonians. Give thanks in all... My goodness. Tongue twister day today. I can say beguile though, right? That was the word of the day. But circumstances is the word of the day. <laughs> Give thanks in all... My goodness. Circumstances. <laughs> circumstances. There we go. I'm not going to repeat it again. Yes. Thank you, Eliza. <laughs> In all? Really? I can't even say this right now. This this circumstance. <laughs> oh. We're giving thanks to God in all things. There we go. Because for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know? 
Job says it, right? His wife says, curse God and die. And Job says, right? He gives, he takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That as we walk with the Lord, no matter what, prison, promotion, feast or famine, hurt or health, heartache or healing, that we would give thanks because we understand that the Lord above is the sovereign Lord and he is upon his throne and he does as he pleases. Now, why are, why are we about this, right? That's a good, good question. Why are we about discipleship? Why are we about being established? Well, because pastor said so. What, right? No? <laughs> There's nothing good on TV. I might as well read my Bible. You know? No. It's because we don't want to be misled. We want to know, right? The first and foremost thing is we want to know Jesus. We want to grow closer in him. But also we don't want to be misled. Going, going back to, to last week, right? You know, why are we warned to watch out for things? It's like because we can be misled, things can creep in that deform, derail, and destroy my faith. So I want to walk closely with the Lord. Paul wants the Colossian church to be rooted and built up and established so this won't happen. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of the world and not according to Christ. You know, it is our responsibility to do this. Corporately, there, there's facet to that, but also personally as well. For a, a leader can only do so much. A speaker can only say so much. And even an encourager like, like Barnabas, right, in the Bible, he could only say so much. And he only had so much time with everyone that he encouraged. We are a body here to be built up together that we would be in it together and to grow and walk in the Lord and seek to serve him and others. And the question comes, right, what, what happens if a part of the body is taken over by, by empty deceit? Or what if vain philosophy takes over the whole of the body? That is why the church is actually called to be ordered and to be firm. We already looked at that in the end of chapter 1, but uh, Jude, Jude says it best that we are to contend. He states this in verse 3 of his letter, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, right? Jude was, oh yeah, we're going to talk about Jesus. Uh, we're going to talk about this instead. I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Right? The faith is set. The doctrines are there. The doctrines are here. Fellowship is here. Communion is here. Community is here. And we can be content in what the Lord has given us and what the church is supposed to be. And that we would not let the spirit or any spirit of the world take over. 
but stand for the truth of who Christ is and what he has done, and that we would not be enslaved to anything of the world or any religious traditions, but that we would stand in what Christ has done. Right? We, we rest in the gospel, the thing of first importance, right? It's the centerpiece and bridges out into all other parts of Christian doctrine and theology. And we stay in it, right? We stay there and we grow in these truths. And we don't mold into philosophies or traditions or new spiritual things or worldly cool stuff, man, like psychedelic green chilies, right? <laughs> Say what? Today. <laughs> we'll have to bring some. I'll get Suzanne to bring it up for Bible Hour, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we don't mold to those things. We mold to Christ. We are transformed, right, as we walk with the Lord. The ultimate Bible guide says it like this. Jesus Christ is supreme Lord of the universe and the head of the church. And therefore, he is the only one through whom forgiveness is possible making legal obligations or philosophical studies irrelevant in matters of salvation. And I'll add to the life of the Christian as well. Paul gives us the why in the next verses. And why don't we run to New Age practices like yoga or the Enneagram or finding our inner chi this is why we don't run to gurus or chakras or mystical spiritual leaders. This is why we don't run to politics or any other thing to fix our needs. And it's found in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 2 in the book of Colossians. Paul writes it. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Right? Just, uh, you know... He is the image of the invisible. He is a God come from the side of God to show us God to reveal everything. Moses gave law, but Jesus brings grace and truth because he shows us the Father. Thomas asks, oh, show us the Father. Right? Jesus, I could see him almost laughing at that. Have you not been with me so long knowing who is this? And John states it as the life made manifest in his first letter. And we saw him and everything, and we touched, take, you know, everything. He is the Word made flesh. <clears throat> in the desert, in the dark of the world, there is only one oasis, one true light, and it is Christ Jesus, period, explanation point, big old billboard, one way. John says it like this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of one of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The author of Hebrews agrees, stating this. Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son 
whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Verse 3 goes on to say he bears the same nature. Jesus is the word, right? Jesus is the authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore we see that there is no other spiritual light, knowledge or know-how in the world. Jesus is the final word from God. Grace and truth is here in the Lord Jesus because of this. The fullness of deity dwells in the man Christ Jesus. Right? Bigger word. It's the hypostatic union. Right? Jesus is fully God and fully man. It's an amazing thing. I could say that word today. <laughs> I'm not going to try the other one again. <laughs> the fullness of deity dwells in the Son of God. Jesus fully pleased God in his life and in taking the wrath of our trespasses upon the cross. And then this happens for those that trust in the Lord, who rest in the finished work upon the cross. You have been filled in him. You know, we sit and have a great meal. We, we rest, we laugh with friends and family. We are, we are physically nourished and, and spiritually nourished as we sit with other believers. We share life and after a great meal, we're, we're full. Right? In, in Jesus, we are, we are full. We don't need to go for snacks here or there. We don't need the junk food from the world. We need the grass fed. That's a bad illustration there. <laughs> We need the grass-fed lamb, yo. No, okay, I did it. <laughs> because in Christ we are satisfied. In Christ, God is satisfied by his work upon the cross, which in turn brings us into a partaking relationship as we rest upon him and have been filled because the cross brings reconciliation by the blood of Christ. And that's why it's all about Jesus. Because he is this. He is the head of all rule and authority. As the Lord states in the Gospel of Matthew, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is the only one with authority. And this is talking about unseen realms and seen realms, right? Because they're playing with fire, they're playing with other things in Colossae. And you'll see that in as we one day get to Galatians, you know, they had bought into a falseness because of some angel or some person. Asia Minor is full of weirdness at this time. But so is Barnes and Nobles now. You know? Jesus is the only one with authority. No one else 
has it, for he is, as he's described in the book of Revelation, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and Hades. Right? Dads, if you're in the store and you can't find the family, if you have the keys, they got to find you. You don't have to find them, right? Yes. <laughs> it's the truth. He who holds the keys has authority, right? We're leaving. <laughs> As Paul wrote this in the first chapter, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, which doesn't point to any fact that he was created or some other thing. No, he has the exact same nature. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in, all, and in him all things hold together. Right? Jesus is the preeminent one, the living one, the resurrected one, the one who brings light and life. Like how H.A. Ironside stated this in his commentary, as we learn to know him better and apprehend, understand the truth concerning him, every question is answered, every perplexity is made clear, and every doubt dissolved. Now even I still have questions different things that I, hey, what is this? What does this verse mean? You know, what does this mean? We'll always have questions here, but in glory, hey, I'll just be with Jesus. Now, please turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2. And Paul states this in verses 5 through 11. Because Christianity isn't just about knowing a bunch of stuff, right? But also being of the mind of Christ. And living out our faith. Paul starts off with, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, whom though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's all about Jesus. As Jesus pleased God in life, in deed, even in thought, which is like hard to comprehend, <laughs> and in his death, he pleased God. And he is our Redeemer, and the one whom we follow. All right, so where do, we, where do we go from here? Well, first and foremost, if we don't know 
Christ. Let us repent and believe. Let us rest in the finished work of Christ. And there we have a firm foundation. And then we can start this. We can start a new life as a new creation. And then we can answer this call. And Jesus told his disciples, right? These are his followers already in the gospel. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Right? We, we deny ourselves in a world that says, no, you're, you're the boss. Right? Or as the Burger King ad says at BK, have it your way. Right? Yeah, it's catchy, right? thought the kids were going to sing with me. <laughs> the world tells us, right? You're the master of your own fate. You're the captain of your own destiny. Steer it correctly. And I said this a few weeks ago. It's like, if God is your co-pilot, change seats with him, right? <laughs> ah, no, no, you know, sovereign king better than finite man. Yes, yes, very reasonable. <laughs> You know, the world tells us to live our own lives, but the Bible tells us that Jesus is the master and the authority is the Bible. We are called to deny ourselves because all of humanity has a sinful nature. I mean, you just have to turn on the news and see that depravity is real, that what Jeremiah said about our hearts is true. He says the heart's is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Right? It's a great question. And the, the world would say, oh, look, look inside of yourself for inner peace. To know the truth, you only live once. So we better eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But the Bible tells us who looks at the heart? Who understands the heart? Jeremiah answers the question in the next verse. Actually, the Lord states it through the prophet. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So the Lord is sovereign. The Lord is lawgiver. He is judge. He alone has all power and all authority he is holy, and apart from him, there is no good. There is no righteousness, for all have sinned and fallen short. But thankfully, God is a God of love and a God of grace and a God of mercy, and he sent forth his son, born of a woman, born to die upon a cross. Now, thank you for all the cute little animals, and it's like Easter is coming, right? You know, Easter is coming. As he died on that cross and then he raised three days later. All of that according to scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not have darkness but be children of light. You know, the church of Colossae was playing with fire, with, with anti-gospel philosophies, anti-gospel traditions. 
Holman Bible Commentary says it like this. With the heretical teachings spreading, the letter to the Colossians is the theological antidote. The picture we seek as a body of Christ is to be like this in our local setting. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to turn over there in your Bibles with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. And Paul writes this, to equip the saints, right? He had just talked about all the gifts, well, not all of them, but some of them, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? We've all been given gifts to help one another, to corporately come together and be firmed and ordered and structured in a certain way, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all obtain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it is built up in love. Now it is a beautiful picture. Now gifts are given not for our own sake, but for the sake of the body. That we would be built up, that we would be mature, <clears throat> that we would stand and speak truth and love, that we wouldn't be carried by the wind, but that we would grow up into Christ. That all old joints, right? All members would be equipped and work together. When a part of the body isn't working rightly, we notice it right away, right? Physically. You know, we we rest it. We might have to go get a, a cast or take some take some medicine, go to a doctor so it can be fixed. It's the same thing with our spiritual health both personally and, and corporately as as the local church to put matters into place to be about the things that God has told us to do because truth affects souls we need to be established in the Lord and in his word like we talked about you know, last week so we can discern from the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In the book of Acts, this was a beautiful picture. I thought I'd, I'd end with this. This happens when light shines in the darkness. So many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. 
and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them all in the sight and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to be it came to be fifty thousand pieces of silver. And then I, I love this part after this huge event. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily because of that amazing testimony of no, this is this is junk. This is rubbish, as Paul states, of his, you know, rabbinical career and everything that he had been before he met Jesus is pure rubbish. Now, there are many now that have, you know, come out of the New Age, come out of the Word of Faith movement, that have come out of the New Apostolic Reformation and many, many other movements because of the mighty work of the Lord saving them out of those things. I'm going to butcher her last name, but Melissa Dory, I think. She has an awesome YouTube channel. She does a lot of Christian satire, too. But she came out of the New Age. She came out of the New Apostolic Reformation movement. Costi Hinn is another really good one. Uh, God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel is his first book. You can get it on audio. <laughs> and his new one, More Than a Healer, talks about who Jesus is. Yes, he healed people, but he also said, as many people were crowned, you know, crowding around him, let us go preach, because that is what I'm here for, for the proclamation of the kingdom. And how do you deal with that? There are so many hurts and hang-ups and everything that the truth is what is paramount. There are many more. Well, those are two or a couple good resources. And they're there to warn the church do not play with fire, strange fire. Do not entertain darkness. Turn to the Lord and be established. Because all other ways are not good. Live for him. Burn the books. Or just throw them in the trash. I mean, if you want to have a book burning, that'd be fun. But, <laughs> but mainly, repent and believe. Because Jesus alone, right? Christ alone, faith alone, through grace alone, for the glory of God alone, he grants us everlasting life and he alone gives us grace for today. And it is him alone who brings us into glory. So let us aim to please him by resting in him, by walking with him, by growing in knowledge and good works and by pointing all to the Savior for the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. For he alone is the good shepherd, right? He alone has laid down his life for the sheep. And the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus brings eternal life. J. Vernon McGee says this in his commentary to those are in Christ. You are ready for the voyage of life in Christ, and whatever you need for the voyage of life, you'll find in Him. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for today, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending forth your Son. 
to die for us sinners. That you have created us and purposed us to know you, to enjoy you forever. And that as we rest in the finished work of Christ, one day we can be in your physical presence, Lord, and be in that glorification. Help us through the ups and downs walk with you. Help us know that you are sovereign and that in all things and everything that's going on, we can know that such a time as this, that we can stand, we can speak truth, we can raise our hands and, and worship you, Lord, because you are the good shepherd. And you have come to give us life, life abundantly that is found in Christ alone. Thank you for this amazing grace. Help us just rest in it. And be about encouraging and equipping one another and, and pointing and proclaiming to the whole world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away all of our sin. Repent and believe. Sin. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.